0: You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, Lord, and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our sermon tonight, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, is the epistle as I read for you from First Thessalonians chapter verses 1 to 13. It was mid-afternoon in central China on May 12, 2008. And suddenly all hell broke loose. An earthquake hit with a magnitude of 8.0 on the Richter scale. Concrete panels, crumpled steel, crushed tile, buried tens of thousands of people. People heard that they repeatedly heard their loved ones screaming, and there was more screaming. There's helpless and ongoing screaming for people to come and rescue them or the pain that they were going through. And Paul knows that feeling all too well. You see, the Thessalonians were his dear loved ones. In chapter 2, he describes this relationship as a nursing mother taking care of her own children, and, he said, like a father with his children. He even writes, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. When Paul first arrived on Thessalonica, he started this brand new congregation, and it grew faster than a 10th grade boy. But then the earthquake hit. That quick success in Thessalonica also stirred up jealousy in the local synagogue. The end result, Paul and his companions were run out of town. Luke tells us in Acts 17 that some of the Jews were jealous of Paul, so it says they formed a mob. And it says they set the city in uproar. They cried out, these men who have turned the world upside down have also come here. Paul had to run for his life under the cover of night. And this rage against him was so great that trailed him 50 miles down to Berea. And after forming a small congregation there, he had to skedaddle because some of those thugs from Thessalonica came looking for him. From there, he went 200 miles to Athens and was able to gather only a few. From there, he went 50 miles south to Corinth. And no sooner had he opened his mouth there and bang! More persecution. Who would have blamed Paul if he would have said, that's enough of this missionary stuff. Life's too short for all of this stuff. How would you feel if you were in his sandals? And then there were the aftershocks. Even though Paul escaped, the Thessalonians continued to suffer persecution and trying times. And there was screaming, even though it was silent screaming. Those Thessalonians were buried under accusations and threats and persecution and rejection. So what does Paul do for those he loved? What does Paul do for those who were suffering so much, who were being persecuted by the Jews? Paul prays for them. And what can we do when people we love so very dearly are in the midst of pain and loss, when their world caves in on them? When earthquake called unemployment, cancer, infertility, divorce... Rocks their world. We can pray. We can pray like Paul. It says in verse 10, or he writes in verse 10, We pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. You know, there's some people that see prayer like a heavenly slot machine. You put the coin in, you pull the lever down, and maybe you'll hit the jackpot. Others see prayer like a visit to the dentist's office. It's something we know we should do. But most of the time, if you're like me, they'd rather not do it. And still others see prayer sort of like this rabbit's foot, this four-leaf clover that just might bring you some good luck. That's not Paul. It says he earnestly prays night and day. And if you go further into 1 Thessalonians, in the fifth chapter, verse 17, Paul encourages us, he says, to pray without ceasing. And then we look at the content of Paul's prayer. He says to supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, the term translated supply also appears in New Testament context with fishermen mending their nets. The thing is that Paul knows that these Thessalonians have faith. They've demonstrated that trust they have in God. He commends them in the first two chapters for their faithfulness in receiving the gospel. But he also knows they still have a lot to learn about God's word. They are still lacking, if you will. Their nets needed mending. And that will always be true of Christians. Each one of us, our nets need mending. You know, if you've been content to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, and that's all I want to know, Then think hard about how Jesus instructed us to make disciples of all nations, he said, didn't he? By what? Baptizing and teaching to obey everything he commanded. Lord, deepen our faith. That prayer is fitting for us because the prayer that God himself wants us to pray. It's a prayer that God stands ready to answer. And by the way, we don't ask God to deepen our faith because it will make us better Bible trivial pursuit players. We ask him to deepen our faith because it will strengthen us when we face those struggles in life which we all have faced or will face to some degree. And then Paul goes on, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. Question. What do you call it when you put on pounds but don't gain any muscle? Fat, don't we? And if people don't increase in love, all they have is spiritual fat. And if we increase in knowledge without increasing in love, all we have is a fat head. That's why Paul prays that love may increase and abound, or some translations say increase and overflow. A Christian is not just someone who knows the Bible well, but someone who puts that knowledge into action by loving others as Christ loved the world. Paul did not pray that the Thessalonians would love because they were already loving. He prayed that their love would increase. And our prayer is not that God would make us loving, but they didn't even make our love increase. You see, when our, the world collapses, the temptation is to become self-absorbed. And being self-absorbed never works. So we pray. We pray for people to begin again to live outside themselves. Pray for people to serve, to assist, to help. We pray for their love to increase And And then Paul goes on. So that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. See, those Thessalonians were down out. What do people need when they are going through tough times? They need to see the big picture. They need to see what God has planned. The suffering and death of Jesus means that we will stand holy and blameless when Christ returns with all of his holy ones. Five days after that massive Chinese earthquake, a group of rescue workers found the dead body of a young woman. This young woman was in a kneeling position. Her back was hunched over, supporting crumpled ceiling. Her arms stretched forward, her hands firmly in the muddy earth. As those rescue workers walked away, suddenly the team leader understood. He ran back to the woman's side and he reached under her body. And there in a tender shelter, a tiny shelter, That woman, created by using her body as a protective shield, was a baby. He was about three months old, alive, unhurt, and yes, even sleeping soundly. And inside the mother's clothing was a cell phone. And on it was this message, My dear child, remember I love you. Jesus took the brunt of your sin and mine. He experienced for us the ultimate earthquake from hell. All the weight of our shame and guilt was upon him. But his death, it means we live. His protective shield, if you will, means that we are free. And he still says to each one of us, my dear child, remember, I love you. We pray for others to become secure in this hope. The hope that Christ is coming again to restore everything we've lost. All those years of pain will be erased every tear of disappointment wiped away. Those symphonies we missed and sunsets we didn't see will be beautifully played over and over again. The spouse snatched by disease will run into your arms. The health that eluded you in the winter years of your life will return a thousandfold. Those friends and family members who died in the faith, will sit next to you singing in the heavenly choir forever. So how do you come to the aid of people who are crushed by life's random events? How do you come to the aid of people who are barely holding on by a thread, whose screams are ongoing, and seemingly endless. We pray. We pray like Paul. Amen. And now may the peace of God surpass all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.